Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a... It's been tremendous this year, I'm going to be honest. Every single time we've done one of these post-game shows, it's been a victory post-game show. The Steelers win 38-7. to They beat the doors off of the Cleveland Browns. Dominating fashion. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. You know how we do it. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield will join us shortly. But Brian, knee-jerk reactions, man. What's up? Jeff, I say this somberly. This one was for Miles. <laughs> it was for Miles. We did it for you, man. Yeah. Yes. The most complete game I've seen the Steelers play in a while. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. 5-0, and first time since 1978. I was a fan in 1978, but not good, not old enough to know what it meant. Yeah, I mean – People forget the. You know, I wrote this article last week about you know them starting four zero and they had done it X number of times and I think that two out of the three times they had done it I want to say it was seventy nine and seventy three they lost the next game and so they dropped a four one it's the seventy eight team I think that's the record for seven straight wins I think they went seven and zero yes so they're already putting themselves up there in some pretty elite company um, <laughs> just laughing some of the people in the live chat um, so. My knee-jerk reaction was, no, I, I predicted a 30-17 to 17 win. I thought the Steelers would handle the Browns. Um, a lot of people that do our BTSE picks, we run that article every game day now, and it's a pretty good article for us. A lot of people predicted you yourself. You said a close game. You thought it was going to be a close game. This boils down to one thing for me. Baker Mayfield sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to say it again because I don't think he is an NFL caliber quarterback. I really don't. I think that he is a guy that benefits from a ridiculous ground game in Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Well, Chubb's not there. And he's going against the best rushing defense. They proved that. They're the best in this game. And if he doesn't get turnovers, meaning not him, but the defense doesn't get him turnovers, get him extra possession, short fields, he's not good enough. I will say that until I'm blue in the face. I know he beat the Steelers last year in, in, in on Thursday Night Football in Week 10. We all know all about that game. When Ben Roethlisberger's under center, Baker is not good enough, period. He's not good enough to win. That's what it boils down to. That's my knee-jerk reaction, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. You hit it right on the head. He needs that running game to survive. And there was no way that running game was going to help him against the Steelers' defense today. It just wasn't. As good as... Mr. Hunt is Kareem could not Kareem got Kareemed. I mean, he could not get it going. So I just feel, man, it feels fantastic because all the talk, everything coming from the Browns about how they are for real, that four and one start, you know what? They were exposed. They were exposed against Baltimore and they were exposed against Pittsburgh, yeah. but the Steelers did beat a team with a four and one record. So that actually uh, makes uh, the Steelers' strength look a little better. Suck on that, all you haters out there that say the Steelers haven't played anyone. Shut up. All right, Kyle Smith puts $5 in the tip jar. said, had that Mayfield sucks chant going on all game in my living room. I love that. I say it all the time in my house just randomly. Baker Mayfield sucks. Sean Manahan, $2 in the tip jar, 38.7 show. Some respect. Let's go Steelers. That's right, Sean. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. Uh, the live chat is buzzing today. Let's bring in Dave Schofield. <laughs> Dave, what's going on? What's your knee-jerk reaction before we dive into the uh, bottom? Oh, I'm I, I didn't get to hear how you guys started. Well, I got to say, the streak is over. It is over. We don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> we can go on 
forward. I can attend, at, whether in person or at his house, I can watch a game with one Brian Anthony Davis, and the Steelers can win. We are finally off the whole thing of the Steelers had won a game when I watched with Brian. So I'm really excited that Brian and I got to enjoy this game together, and the Steelers were victorious. Not only that, Ben didn't get hurt. Well, I was going to say the only thing is, is Ben Roethlisberger did not play the entire game, which has happened every time we've watched, but it was for the right reasons this time. All right, let's let's take a quick uh, sidebar here. Uh, we are all going to talk about a lot of the highlights. Let's talk about the bad news, and that was Devin Bush. Devin Bush left the game with a knee injury. If you follow Mike Tomlin and what he says in post-game press conferences and in his Tuesday press conference, this man does not like to talk about injuries. He never likes to label an injury as bad, or he'll always say they're being evaluated. Tests are being done. We'll see. He said this one is quote-unquote serious. That's not good. In other words, as someone that was a, heck, I was a high school varsity coach for 14 years of my life. You have to go through a lot of different trainings. There's tests you can do on the knee to tell right away if it's something that could be pretty bad and just needs to be verified from a, a scan. If he says it's serious, then they have a pretty good hunch that it's it's bad. Now, the the maybe fingers crossed, it's not something as bad as an ACL. Maybe it's something that he can come back from. For instance, something like Chubb uh, on the opposite team today. He has, an, I think it's an MCL. He's going to miss probably four to six weeks, and then he'll be back. Maybe they get lucky and it's something like that. Um, the other injuries of note were Mike Hilton with a shoulder as well as um, – Marquise Pouncey with a foot. I did not see Pouncey leave, I guess, towards the waning minutes of that game. They took him out and put in J.C. Hasenauer. Stefan Wisniewski could be coming back. That could help in the depth if they do need it with Marquise Pouncey. But uh, Brian Anthony Davis, I want to ask you your thoughts on Bush's injury, but also his backup, Robert Spillane, who came in. What are your thoughts, Brian? Well, I got to tell you, that that just hurts a lot. But this team is proving to be a whole lot deeper when Bush went out, I mean, I could see him right away. And I know we had some things going on on our Slack channel where uh, Jeffrey Benedict reported that he might have been hurt a couple plays earlier. I didn't see that. But I could tell as soon as he went down on the sidelines that there was a problem. And sure enough, it was. I mean, that kills you because this guy is up and coming. He is very valuable on that team. Uh, you know, I thought he was really turning the corner as far as uh, being an upper echelon defender. If he's out, I mean, it hurts more for uh, Devin Bush. I mean, it hurts the Steelers as well, but I'd really, uh, I just really want to see this kid, you know, finish the season and do what he can do. Hopefully it's not a season ender. Like you just mentioned, as far as Spillane, the legacy goes, Spillane came in and announced his authority with a presence and I'll let Dave take this, but the reason Spillane's in there is because he's been playing well when our eyes aren't on him. Okay, hold on, Dave, real quick. I want to get to Mark Davison, who puts his, uh, what are we calling Australian dollars? The, the Canadian dollars we have, the Canuck bucks. What are we calling the Australian dollars? Please don't do an accent, Brian. Please save us all the pain and agony <laughs> of your Australian accent. Um, we'll think about the, that, but he, say, he the, says. The dollar ruse. The dollar <laughs> That's the reason why no, the Aussie... dingo dollars. The dingo dollars. <laughs> dingo dollars. <laughs> he gives us five dingo dollars, and that's the reason why Aussie fans wake up at four a.m. What a performance! The Steelers moved to five and zero. Baker got cooked. That indeed. Thank you, Mark, for that tip. We appreciate it. All right, Dave, go ahead and talk about Spillane and your thoughts on Bush. 
Oh, well, Devin, the Devin was... Bush. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for clearing that up, Jeff. Um, I'm glad you didn't ask me that. How am I supposed to answer this now? All right. So, Spillane, the whole reason he's in there is because he earned it. You know, a lot of a lot of Steeler fans, a lot of people come to the season, they're like, oh, I feel really confident with UG3. Some people didn't. Spillane got the job by, by great play. That's why he's there. And then we saw it today, what the Steelers have been seeing since August 17th. So good for him. I really like what he did there. Uh, it was, I mean, it was in the second half. I mean, he was in for a little, I mean, what was it? Less than two minutes left in the first half and then in the second half. So it's not like the game was really in question or that a team was game planning for him. But he came, He got called into action, did a great job. Very concerned about that with Devin Bush because exactly what you said. Coach Tomlin does not usually say stuff like that. And he said a significant knee injury after the uh, in his press conference. So. I guess we'll find out. This is one of those that as much as we think we might find out on Tuesday, there might be reports coming out uh, beforehand. There might be a report as early as tonight. <clears throat> if, they, if they do a scan and you know how Adam Schefter's and Tom Pelissero's get these notes from teams saying that he's done. Um, so we might, we'll probably find out sooner or later that we might already know by the time you're listening to this, but at the time that this is being recorded, Devin Bush, we're just going to have to take a wait and see. I will say that Spillane, he's an old school thumper, man. That guy, he's a downhill player. He's more athletic than Vince Williams. Like Vince Williams, in my in my opinion, is the epitome of a thumper who just wants to go downhill and inflict pain. Like that's Vince Williams' game. We know this. Spillane is, is just as good um, in terms of Vince Williams, not so much Devin Bush, but they're going to have to worry about things like who's going to have the green dot now. Uh, Mike Tomlin was asked in his post-game press conference about who's going to help the links. It's going to be like a community approach. He's talked about Spillane. He said Ulysses Gilbert the third. He even brought up Marcus Allen as potentially flexing down to the linebacker spot. So they do have some players, some warm bodies. But just remember, people freaked out, <clears throat> Brian Davis, when Chuk Zakorafor was going to have to fill in at right tackle. And has anyone complained about him since? No, not even me. No, exactly. So I'm not saying that Spillane's going to jump in and no one's going to remember Devin Bush. No, that's not the case. But let's let's trust the depth for a little bit. Let's see what it's made of. They're going to have a tough test ahead of them in week seven with uh, Derrick Henry, who's a freaking monster. But regardless, the Steelers have a lot to celebrate. Guys, the turning point in the game, I want to I want to bring this up because I was the one that's been attacking this guy verbally for the last few weeks. To me, this game was over with the Browns' first possession. Third down play, pick six game. I, I seriously sat there and was like, I think that's the game. I don't think they can come back from this. The Steelers were running the football. When the Steelers can run the football well, you it's tough to beat them. It really is because you just can't, you can't, it's pick your poison. I say it all the time. You just cannot guard everyone. I thought Minka Fitzpatrick played a great game. I thought the secondary played a great game. But guys, your thoughts when Minka got the pick six, Brian, we'll start with you. Absolutely what you said. I could not say it out loud. But at that point, I know how, how Baker Mayfield is. I'm thinking to my head, yeah, this game's over. And I thought it right away. It's a 10-point lead just like that. They're going to relax. Baker is going to press more. They're going to go away from the running game, which they didn't go away, away from that much. But I just felt like, eh, it's done. What about you, Dave? I didn't know what to think because at Brian's house um, – 
To start off the game, he was a little bit behind. He was right a little bit behind. He had the game paused. And I actually saw that Minka had a pick six on Twitter before I actually saw it on the field. So I was just like, oh. And then, but I didn't want to, I tried not to say anything to anybody. But once I saw that, I'm like, if this is really true, this this is going to be, this might just be one of those days for the Steelers. I was, my biggest concern coming in was, is this going to be one of those days for the Steelers where nothing goes right? Or is it going to be one of those days where they come out and do everything right? And that right there just kind of got the tone in that you just knew the kind of day it was going to be as much as anything. It set the tone for sure. It set the tone for sure. But you could tell real early in this game, and the Browns looked the same way in week one against the Ravens, that they there came a point where they didn't want any part of the game. It's literally looked like they were like, okay, like this is a different breed of team. This is a different type of opponent. These guys, when Baker Mayfield took that shot at the end of the first half, where I want to say is Dupree had him by the legs and Cam came from behind him, Kevlar vest or not, that is going to hurt. And Kevin Stefanski did him no favors. But before we get ahead of ourselves and just go off on all these rants, which is fun, but still we want to try to stay focused here, let's go through the box score. Let's do some grades like we always do. Let's start off with Ben Roethlisberger. He finished the day 14 of 22, only 162 yards. That's a little deceiving. I thought he played a good game. Started off rusty, a little slow. 7.4 average, one touchdown, no interceptions. Was sacked twice for 20 yards, a rating of 101. Guys, you're grading Ben Roethlisberger. What are you grading? Brian, we'll start with you. A minus. He controlled that game. I thought he was professional. I thought he was good. Dave Schofield? I like the A minus grade. Not perfect, especially, you know, early with some of those plays. Um, I'm not going to complain about it because he did everything he had to. And luckily, so much of the rest of the team was doing so much that he just did what he, what all that was necessary and did a great job with it. Going to give him an A. Those RPOs to start the game were just dreadful. I mean, a couple I just of don't, I don't think that was him. No, no, I'm not saying it was with a couple okay. of passes. I mean, he yeah. is technically reading that play, whether yeah. he's giving it to the running back or he's keeping it and throwing it. And those throws were a little rough. Started the game off, but I'll tell you what, he checked a lot of boxes for me in this game. Nice deep pass to James Washington for a touchdown. Another nice deep pass to Chase Claypool on the sideline. He's slowly just, he keeps checking off a box. You know, everyone, air yards, as I mentioned on my Let's Ride this week. And everyone's, those air yards, all these air yards. He had plenty of air yards today, folks. It might have only been 162, but they didn't need him to. Why? James Conner carries the ball 20 times for 101. He averaged 5.1 per carry with a touchdown and a long run of 41. Guys were grading. Let's go through the others, though. Benny Snell, six carries, 17 yards, uh, 2.8 average. Did score a touchdown. Nice run up the middle in the uh, inside the five-yard line. Uh, Chase Claypool, two carries for seven yards. He hit pay dirt again on the ground. Roethlisberger had three carries for five yards. As a team, they rushed for 129 yards. So let's grade the running game. You can include Connor there. Brian, what do you think? Jimmy C the other day was my X factor for this game, and he really helped control the game on the ground. Yeah. They did, ben didn't have to do what Ben needed. I mean, ben didn't need to go over 200 yards. They needed to just control this game after the start they got. James Connor was fantastic. So – I'm giving the running game an A. Dave Schofield? Um, yeah, I'd even possibly go A+. plus. They had some some other good runs called back on on penalties, you know, and I don't think that they that they were the penalties that 
caused it to be such a good run. I felt like, you know, Cleveland was the number four rushing defense coming into this game and Pittsburgh owned it. And I think it wasn't not just about the running backs. I think it had everything to do with the big guys up front. They did a fantastic job. So that's, that's an, I, I mean, a or a plus I'm kind of torn between the two. Yeah, I'm going to go with an A. This the, the group as a whole did a good job. I I liked how they got to get Anthony McFarland some touches there in garbage time. I know it wasn't didn't amount to much, but just getting him the football, the James Conner, he that might have been one of his best performances as a running back that I I can remember in a long time, not saying ever, because he just I thought he read his blockers well. He took what was given to him. He didn't try to do too much. And that's when sometimes the ball can get a little loose. They protected the football. Absolutely. I'll give him an A. Isaac Aguilera gives us $5 in the tip jar says Kareem hunt. This game is for Garrett. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We can mock that as much as we want. And that, thank you, Isaac, for the tip and the tip jar. We do appreciate it. Let's talk about, before we go over to the, let's go, let's go to receiving. Uh, because that's important to talk about. Chase Claypool leads the Steelers in receiving for the second week in a row. This week, four catches, 74 yards, and 18 and a half average, four targets, caught all of them. 36 yards was his long. James Washington, four receptions, 68 yards. 17 was an average, one touchdown, and his long was 28, had seven targets. Eric Ebron, two for nine. McFarland one for six. Juju, only two for six. Yikes, I was wrong with my X Factor this week. And, um, a couple others. They ended up with 168 total yards. Guys, how do you grade the receiving in this game? They didn't ask them to do a ton, but Brian, what are your what are your what's your grade? I'm giving them an A as well. They there were not that many egregious drops. I thought uh, you know, Ben came out, I don't want to say rusty at the beginning, but uh most of those balls they they just weren't hitting, but uh he came on right after that first drive and looked pretty darn good. So, you know, I have no problem with the receivers as well. I got to give them an A. Dave? I mean, everyone should get an A. It was 38 to 7. But yeah, I'm going to give the receivers an A. I'm really tempted to give them an incomplete because they weren't really called on this game. No. They didn't need to be. And that's what and honestly, I know it's not great for their numbers, but that's really nice when you're like, "Oh, well, you don't have to worry about getting the ball to the receivers." Um, Jeff did screw me over because I figured he was wise with Claypool last week. So I went with Juju this week. That I played Claypool help. this week. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I didn't. I, I figured Jeff was Jeff was uh, you know inside guy there. So I went with Claypool as well. <laughs> Once you finally got in the right league. Okay, I think um, <laughs> I'm going to give him an A because, like you said, I mean, when your quarterback's only throwing – for 162 yards, you're not asking your receivers to go out there and win the game. And those are some of the best games. We have some Maxwell Holcomb. Not sure if he's related to Kelly. Uh, Baker looked like a lost puppy. Thank you, Maxwell. And they spelled Holcomb differently, didn't they, Brian? I think Kelly Holcomb from the yeah. former Browns quarterback it doesn't have an E at the end, did he? Yeah, no, it was uh, without okay. an E. Okay, good. That'd be weird. But <laughs> uh, uh, Kelly Holcomb's relatives are Steelers fans. Okay, getting Ben with Bo. He said, let's go. It's my birthday. Happy birthday, Bo. They got you a nice 38-7 to win. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, you think about it. They're giving you a beautiful win like that. Best gift ever. And Brad Jewett puts four ninety nine, and he says, uh, the Browns, a little brother. That's right. They are the little brother. Yeah. They are the little brother. The Steelers made a statement in this game. But let's finish up our offensive grades with some offensive line talk, okay? Because we always, I always forget the offensive line. I always move right through it and onto the, the defense. But let's talk about the offensive line here a little bit. 
in regards to the fact that he gave up two sacks. One of them, Miles Garrett, was well blocked, and then they Ben just held onto the ball and he actually kind of walked into it. Um, obviously ran the ball well, 129, had enough passing yards to win. Guys grading the offensive line, what, what grade are you giving them? Go ahead, Brian. I'm like Oprah. You get an A, you get an A, everybody gets an A. I mean, really, they they held up. They, I mean, they're beaten down. You've got Dotson again. Week Dave and I were commenting. Look at what Dotson's doing. I mean, he was he was moving guys around. Chooks look good. We've we heard nothing about Villanueva, and that's a good thing. You know, you're not hearing anything about Filer as well. So there weren't really anything that uh that took away from this game. So they only added to it, and they've got to get an A. Dave, you're the offensive line guru. What do you think? Yes, there was two sacks, at least one of them that I remember is because Ben probably held the ball for too long. But, I mean, I'm giving an A-plus to that offensive line. I felt that they – I mean, that they dominated the line of scrimmage. You know, when when guys – when runners are getting three or four yards downfield before any kind of contact, that's something you want to see. I mean, on the, on, on the Ben Roethlisberger quarterback sneak, when they showed the aerial view, it showed something, a thing of beauty. Dotson was able to quickly get to the second level because Okorafor made a fantastic reach block over there to get the guy that was sitting in the gap, and Dotson didn't have to worry about him. It was fantastic. A, a lot of the stuff that I saw, I, if I, I could probably go back and nitpick it and not, and not give it as high, but knee-jerk, I'm going A+. I'm going to give him an A as well because, again, I don't think those sacks were really on the offensive line. There was one play where I think uh, they just they brought too many. They, they brought too many players to block, and the Steelers didn't have the play properly diagnosed. We talked about Ben holding the ball. Guys, let's talk about Dotson for a second. I think that his game, and for some reason, he plays really well with the two guys next to him. That would be Marquise Pouncey and Chuksakorafor. I think we can all say that the Steelers are in a good spot in terms of depth. They, they don't need David Decat. I'm not saying that he should start over an all pro, not saying that at all. But guys, don't you think the Steelers now should be able to think about, okay, we don't need to rush to cash. We don't need to rush David DeCastro back. If we, if we want to get him healthy, because the one thing the Steelers don't want to have, in my opinion, is we don't want to have David DeCastro back for a game hurt again, back for a game Hurt again. How do you think the Steelers should handle Kevin Dotson moving forward? Brian, I'm going to start with you. Right now, it's Chase Claypool and Kevin Dotson for me as co-rookies of the year on this team because Kevin Dotson has done so many important things. Uh, he's played most of these games. Now, here's the thing. Kevin Dotson's doing everything right. Do not rush DeCastro. You're absolutely correct. This is not my original thought. I'm piggybacking off of both of you guys. Look, don't rush this guy. You've got your future there. Now, he's going to be a great depth piece. Hopefully, you want DeCastro back, but you know that you've got a future on that line, and it's Kevin Dotson. Dave, agree or disagree? Yeah, I, I think we'll see him sooner than later. I actually was curious. I don't know how bad the DeCastro injury was. I thought there was a possibility that they might have put him on short short term IR if they were bringing Wisniewski back uh, this 
like on Saturday. I thought that was a possibility. That didn't happen, which tells me that they think DeCastro is going to be available sooner than later, because if not with just the three games, it would have been smart to put him on for this week. So you don't need to rush him, but I do think you'll see him sooner than later. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying that Kevin Dodson should be starting over David DeCastro. Kevin Dodson has played well. Uh, he had a couple good blocks. He did whiff on one pull. Go ahead there, Dave. You have something. Um, this is from Jason um, Lacanforna, however you La- say it. Lacanfora, who's a Ravens fan. I don't trust him, but yes, go ahead. But he said the initial prognosis on Devin Bush's injury is an ACL tear. Ah. said, we'll determine the full extent after an MRI. Tonight. So that's shut a up, national media guy. Lacanfora. Yeah. But he's gotten stuff, a lot of stuff wrong yeah. in the past. Yeah. There was some chat of it in the live chat, so I thought I'd try to go in and find it. I'm expecting him to be done for the year. If Mike Tomlin's going to come out in a post-game presser yeah. and say that this is a significant injury, that's bad. It's bad, period. And, yeah. and it, I don't know if he even said that after Roethlisberger's injury in week two of last year. I don't remember him saying it was a yeah. significant injury, so we'll see. Um, let's see here. Uh, my melanated scope. <laughs> I don't know. It's a dollar ninety nine. The tip jar. If only the Texans could have held off the Titans. That was a good game. The Texans were up by a touchdown. They give up a, went for a, two a to game. go up nine, rather than the extra <laughs> point know. to go up eight. They go up, but they, yeah, they, they do that, and the Titans drive back down. And he Tannehill hits Brown to send it in overtime. And Derrick Henry does the rest in overtime. Game over. Um, here we go. I think I missed one here. I missed the live. There you go. Got some more dojo dollars. <laughs> no, not, no, not dojo dollars. Dojo. <laughs> dingo dollars. He's at the Cobra Kai. Uh, dingo dollars. Matty Peverell puts five ninety nine. He says, Alu again. Bud Debris Dupree plus Tearaway TJ. But that's a that's a lot of nicknames. We're going to talk about the defense here in a second in the part two of this podcast. I want to talk a little bit more about the offense before we move over there. Um, Chase Claypool, my gosh, guys. I mean, I did not think that he would have a significant outing this week uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I didn't think the Steelers were going to feature him heavily, which I don't think they did, by the way. I don't think they featured him heavily. I just think that he got himself open. But two, I just thought that the Browns were going to come into this game and say, we're not going to let this young guy beat us. And it's not that Chase Claypool beat them. But he was the leading receiver for the Steelers for the second week in a row. Brian, if you're trying to think ceiling and you're trying to think of a player that's a, a comp, a comparison, who is that rookie comparison for you, for you when you think of Chase Claypool after what we've seen after five games? Are we talking about the entire league? Yeah, the let's go whole league? league. Doesn't have to be just Steelers. You know, it's it's so easy to say a guy like uh like Megatron, so I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to go a little higher with a guy that is in the Hall of Fame, and that's Michael Irvin. Really? Yeah. Okay. That, I'm not going to complain that Michael Irvin was a heck of a receiver. I'm not going you know, to go back and watch film. That's good. That's not, yeah. Reminds me of him. Really does. Okay. All right. Dave, what about you? I don't know that I have a good answer for this. No, that's, Just that's because, well. Great because comp, Dave. Great I comp. would I would look more at – a statistical comparison than I would the actual f- physical attributes, you know, and, and I mean, already this is, this is more than what we saw from Juju as a rookie when he exploded onto the scene. So it's just, it's, it's very, how do I say it? It's very um, Calvin Ridley esque in a, as a rookie to come out mm. with these kind of numbers. So 
He hits me like some. There's a lot of people in the live chat that are saying this in Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones, Martavis Bryant was the one that he compares to both kind of stylistically as well as stature. But I don't see them as the same. I mean, they don't look the same. Martavis Bryant was real long and lean. Claypool looks like a flipping tight end that can run like a receiver. I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, <laughs> good luck for a defensive back bringing him down by by himself. Yeah. Um, my it's my a, answer, yeah, is he is Chase. He's he's he is Chase Claypool. Uh-huh. He is he is someone <laughs> who you can't con. even compare. You can't even compare him to somebody else. He is his own entity. He is in a in a category of himself. He is and Dante uh, Dante Harris says he's a hybrid. That's a really good way of putting it. He he's so unique, and I could say that we probably haven't seen this type of athleticism and speed combined probably since Calvin Johnson, since, since Megatron actually did play. And I know that's, that's tough because he was so dynamic and someone else said DK Metcalf. I don't know. I feel like he's a little bit more fluid than Metcalf is. Metcalf is, seems very rigid and tight, but Claypool, my gosh, there's no buyer's remorse here. I'll tell you that JK Dobbins have fun over there and being a Baltimore on, uh, in the meantime, we're about ready to dive into the defensive side of the football If you're listening on audio platforms, make sure you switch over to part two. If you're on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. We'll be talking about the defense right after this.